0: He's mad as hell, it's Kevin O'Sullivan. Welcome to the latest dazzling edition of What Just Happened with me, Kevin O'Sullivan, and this week's special guest from the Bow Group, star of Stage, Screen and Westminster, political commentator Ben Loughnane. Thanks for coming and uh, making her second appearance. uh, Whatever possessed her to come back uh, for a second week in (laughs) a row, I don't know, but thank you. Thank you very much, Danielle Nichols. Uh, Let's get the ball rolling, though, with a few of my thoughts on Meghan and her nemesis, King Charles. No doubt the king is mightily worried right now because it has been revealed that Her Majesty Meghan was less than thrilled with his response to her letter outlining the alleged problem of unconscious bias in the royal family. Charles's reply to Meghan's mean-minded missive from Montecito explaining why her in-laws are racist, even though they don't know it, was, we're told, inadequate. And that's the main reason that, thank God, the cable show actress is not coming to the coronation. Phew. Now, we don't know the precise contents of this transatlantic exchange of views. But if Charles told the Duchess of Netflix where to get off, that she could stick her divisive accusations of racism where the sun don't shine, the British public would have loved it. Sadly, however, as a man who hates confrontation more than anything else, the nice but timid King doesn't understand that we fervently want our sovereign to stand up for himself, to stand up for his wife and for the loved ones Meghan has done so much to undermine. Instead, the desperate monarch posts appeasing pictures of Meghan and Harry in the bosom of the Windsor clan before they bolted to California. As if somehow those happier times can ever happen again. They can't. An uncheerful Charlie might as well get used to it. Cards on the table. I'm worried about this, King. He seems to believe that the way for the royal family to survive in the 21st century is to be less royal, to be more normal, smaller, cheaper and far less majestic, to subscribe to the crazed cult of climate change like some eco-warrior with a green crown. But while Charles sides with Extinction Rebellion, if he's not careful, he'll preside over Extinction Royal Family. His stewardship of the coronation has been at best questionable, at worst... Disastrous. 8,000 dignitaries from all over the world attended his mother's coronation in 1953. Images of the long procession snaking through a rain-drenched London remain timelessly iconic for his May the 6th crowning ceremony. Charles has cut the guest list to 2,000. And the procession from the Palace to Westminster will be considerably shorter. A feeble little shadow of its grandiose predecessor. Apparently, his majesty has convinced himself that when we see a mere 2,000 VIPs crammed into the cathedral, we'll all reel back in amazement at the sheer frugality of the occasion. That we'll all raise a glass to a monarch who's struggling with the cost of living crisis just like us. Yeah, right. How utterly ridiculous and delusional. The king's big day will still look exactly like what it is, a lavish, expensive celebration of the ascension to the throne of the nation's new sovereign. Since his decision to stage a miniature version of his mother's breathtaking moment of magnificent majesty, Charles has been spending hours writing letters of apology to all the people he should have invited, but now can't find the room for. What a preposterous predicament he has got himself into. Having to tell Lady Pamela Hicks, daughter of his beloved uncle, Lord Louis Mountbatten, and a bridesmaid at Elizabeth and Philip's wedding in 1947, that she didn't make the grade. Snubbing Fergie, the Duchess of York, because as she explained, she's divorced from the King's disgraced brother, Prince Andrew, which doesn't explain why Queen Camilla's former husband, Andrew Parker Bowles, will be there in all his divorce from the Queen Glory. It's a mess born of Charles' apparent belief that if the royal family doesn't learn to be less royal, it is doomed. What he needs to learn is that If anything, we want them to be more royal, more splendid, more exciting to behold. Already the king's downbeat approach is paying poor dividends. One year ago, the queen's platinum jubilee was celebrated across the nation with more than 16,000 joyous street parties. So far, the number of applications to stage street parties to mark the king's coronation has not even reached the 250 mark. 16,000? 250. Think about it. Instead of worrying about climate change, links to slavery, and the opinions of Republican critics who will always be hostile to him, come what may, Charles should worry about the apathy with which the great British public. Are greeting his pound store reign of meagre mediocrity, and uh, that's what I feel about this guy. Uh, I'm really worried. You know, he doesn't seem to understand what the royal family should be about. The clue, Ben, is in the word majesty. This coronation, he's done his best to remove as much majesty from as possible.
1: Yeah, but it's also ridiculous. The idea of cutting it down from eight thousand to two thousand is going to solve the problem because you know you're better you know hung for a sheep than a lamb. If people are going to hate you for having your coronation anyway, all the republicans. All the people who hate him, regardless of how many people attend, you know, what difference does it make? I think there may be some ulterior motives. Maybe he just doesn't like a lot of people and he's decided, well, they should really be invited. But, you know, I've got an excuse not to invite them. We've got to slim it down.
0: I, I don't believe that for a second. I mean, the thing is, uh, Danielle, that, uh, you know, he, he wants this slimmed down uh, coronation, this slim down monarchy, as if, as I said earlier, that we're going to go only 2,000 wow. people. Wow! <laughs> this brutal. is money saving on an epic scale. It's classic of a man who lives in an ivory yeah. tower yeah. and has no idea about the way the rest of us lead our lives, isn't
2: it? I disagree with you because I do think he's taken the temperature of the nation and I think I like Charles and I think that he's always been into his nature. He's, he's always been his keen gardener and loved the world and saved the planet. He's actually when, been true to himself. Yeah, but we're and not think- going to Look at two thousand people
0: and say that's frugal.
2: I know, but at least it's, it's a ridiculous. ridiculous. But it's a gesture. It's ridiculous. You well, not see it as a gesture? I no, saying, it's
0: ridiculous. I speaking <laughs> someone. Wild. Be more majestic. <laughs> Be more royal. <laughs> Get twenty
2: thousand people. He's been into practicing this with that heavy, yeah. ki- uh, heavy crown on his head. Answer. Yeah.
0: Be royal. If he- that's what oh, he's no. trying to do. He's think- terrified of being what he is. I think he's he- the king. They're the royal family. Yeah. Be proud in their skin and represent this nation because yeah. that's what we want. Uh, time now for a commercial break.
2: Everything happens to me. I'm broke. Can't
0: pay my bills.
2: I think I'm cursed.
0: I'm just bad luck. Stop. If you're tired of bad luck, if you think your life is jinxed, now you can change it with E. David Scott's Curse Removal. Call this number and follow simple instructions. It really works. Within two days, I won this car and a drawing and $20,000. Call and let positive forces instantly cast away the evil spirits that bring you bad luck. $1.95 per minute for entertainment only. Under 18, get permission. Call now and remove the jinx from your life. Well, those two look like they could get all the help they needed, right? They're, I mean, what a pair of losers. Just, just and you're you're just writing the mean? number down? Is that going to sort you out, Ben? I'll <laughs> take a call, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't laugh yeah. at that. I love the way they uh, interpret success as suddenly I'm winning prizes. They're not getting
1: a good job or no. bringing in a good income, goes, they're just winning prizes. It goes to show Americans can commercialize anything, even like voodoo and witchcraft and magic. They'll go, do you want to remove some jinxes? Yeah. You've got yeah. to pay us a bit of money, though.
0: And that, <laughs> and that con man uh, giving that ad. It's probably making a fortune. Uh, Now it's time uh, for this. Yes, this is the moment where we go through some of the fan mail that I've been receiving on uh, social media all week, uh, and I read a few of them out. They're very complimentary this week. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Kevin O'Sullivan is just another gammon. (laughs) 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 from the w- right-wing press, oh. Maggie Thatcher's <laughs> Toy Boy <laughs> d- pretends that no-one in the Tory party ever does anything wrong. They will sort of like act like I'm a big Tory supporter. I'm, I'm
1: not a Tory. Great alliteration, though.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah actually, this person's got a future. Uh, thanks for sending it, Ben. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Kevin O'Sullivan is a pathetic tiny man. I'm not that small. Uh, this <laughs> Boomer picks on <laughs> Diane Abbott. Damn right I do. Uh, but worships Dominic Raab. Kevin O'Sullivan is a. <laughs> <laughs> just stop that. I should just leave it Full at that. stop. <laughs> That's true. That's undeniable. Yeah. Kevin O'Sullivan is a <laughs> who asks the questions but doesn't want the answers. <laughs> brain panders to bigots and the submaronic. What a way to make a living! Get off Twitter, you tweeting ass.
2: <laughs> no,
1: f*** off. How about that? <laughs> well, I've actually got a few of my own. Oh, well, yeah, so no. you're not so popular. I oh, know, no, I'm not. This one's quite short and sweet. I like this one. It says, who's Benjamin Locknane and who cares anyway? And then the next one, who's <laughs> Benjamin a <Okay>, Similar idea, <laughs> but slightly <laughs> more oh, expletive Building label. on that theme. Um, there's quite a few of these, actually. Um,
2: and there's, there's this
1: one. I like this one. Benjamin Locknane studied theology, blah, blah, blah. Failed vicar like Loughnane. Vicar. I, never wanted to, I never wanted to be a vicar. I don't <laughs> fail. i like that studied theology. You must be a vicar. Next okay. time, next time I introduce vicar.
0: you on one of my shows, you are going to be a failed vicar. You're going to put me at Listen, an listen an we an have an sh- to go to a real <laughs> advertising break now. <laughs> what just happened? Will they break the gender norm? Now that's what I call woke. She's always
2: a person with a cervix to me.
1: 44
0: smash hits, now with more inclusive lyrics. Man, I feel gender fluid. Iconic tunes, updated for the modern listener. Love is to the left of me, vegans to the right. Here I am, stuck on the M1 with you.
1: I want to know what a woman
2: is. Here in my car, I am killing the earth with my toxic exhaust. It's a selfish way to live. No trigger warning
0: required. Oh the wokey cokey. Whoa, the wokey cokey. Oh, my little Europhile, my Euro. what I call woke. Not streaming now.
2: He's mad as hell.
0: It's Kevin O'Sullivan. Welcome back. I'm still with my special guests, Ben Loughnane and Daniel Nichols. We're going to sit very quietly while I deliver my next missive. Here we go. Go woke and you go broke. If you doubt that woeful wokery is a one-way cul-de-sac on the rocky road to commercial disaster, ask the shell-shocked shareholders at that fine old brewing company, Anheuser-Busch. For 165 golden years, the iconic firm that makes two of the world's favourite beers has been a byword in gilt-edged stock. To invest in Bud Light... And Bud was always one of the best bets in business. A legendary American brand where speculators knew their money was as safe as public houses. Then along came a thoroughly modern executive who proved not only that if you go woke, you go broke, but also that to go work, is to go stark staring mad. This astonishing story of corporate catastrophe began with the dubious decision to turn trans woman, Dylan Mulvaney, into the face of Bud Light. Apparently, the beer's image was too fratty, too associated with rowdy college kids, too female unfriendly. And so it was that less than a month ago, the groovy new marketing team set out to attract millions more female customers, not with a woman figurehead, but with a trans woman, and that went down like a warm can of flat buds someone just put a cigarette out in. Within a couple of weeks of the ad featuring the biologically male Ms Mulvaney celebrating her girl life with a special customized bud light, complete with her picture on the tin, Anheuser-Busch was locked in a frightening freefall, with the value of the company plummeting by a staggering six billion, six billion dollars. Musician Kid Rock led the angry backlash, posting a video of himself shooting up Bud Light 12-Packs. Soon, country star Travis Tritt also joined the chorus of disapproval, as did presidential hopeful Rhonda Santos and Texas Senator Dan Crenshaw. While Dylan whined that people didn't understand her and she was an easy target. Her ill-fated partnership with Bud Light was killing the company stone dead. The mass beer boycott protest was not staged by seething transphobes, but by ordinary folk fed up over the imposition of wokery. Jane and Joe Soap frustrated by the arrogant assumption that a trans woman influencer could ever influence a generation of traditional beer drinkers. Of course she couldn't. She never stood a chance. Whoever thought otherwise, step forward. Elisa Heinerscheid, hired only ten months back as head of Bud Light marketing, and as of a few days ago, on a. Quotes, leave of absence, close quotes, that has a serious ring of permanence to it. Responsible for the worst, most ludicrous promotional campaign ever known, the hapless Alyssa has been replaced by a long standing executive on an emergency mission to steady the ship and remember who the company's customers are. That it evidently forgot is a stupefying story of our times. The scourge of corporate wokery is a baffling phenomenon that sees businesses mysteriously concluding that signalling their own virtue is far more important than making money. The same Dylan Mulvaney was also recruited by sportswear giant Nike, where bosses somehow believed that the ideal person to promote women's sports bras was someone who was not a woman, someone who does not have breasts, which unsurprisingly enraged millions of women who vowed to boycott Nike completely forever. Absurd, bizarre, insane and yet commercially suicidal wokery prospers. For no apparent reason the Halifax bank suddenly polished its halo with tweets insisting pronouns matter and posting pictures of staff donning their they them lanyards. When customers complained about this right on nonsense the Halifax pompously told them that if they didn't share its self reverential values they should close their accounts. Then incredibly the firm posted a step-by-step guide for the unwoke to take their business elsewhere. Absolutely extraordinary. Someone somewhere within all of these crazy corporations thinks this woke claptrap is good for business. I've got bad news for them. It's not. And if you don't believe me, I refer you back to the sad and sorry saga of Bud Light. Six weeks ago, a super successful beer. Today, on its deathbed, fighting for its life. Destroyed on the altar of deranged wokery. I'm right, aren't I? I mean, what the hell is going on in these uh, corporations,
1: Ben? You used to have this thing called a blue chip stock, which was seen as very safe, not very volatile. There's no big gains or big losses. It was things like Pepsi or bad light, you know, these big things, these big things, everyone drank, they were huge corporations that backed them and it was seen as very safe to, to invest in. And nowadays, you know, you never know when someone's gonna turn around and go woke. Nothing is any more stable.
0: So what happened with Anheuser-Busch, Danielle, uh, is I think this, that this thrusting new young uh, female executive came in and she said, Mm. oh, we're going to change the image. I can't believe it was aimed at women. The flat, this beer is is, uh, being sold to the wrong people. We need women to like it more. We need younger people to like it more. And uh, she came up with this campaign and she thought, oh, hip, woke, groovy, let's get Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, Bud Light drinkers... Dylan Mulvaney, I mean, never the twain will ever meet. Madness. It
2: is madness. You see, the the sports bra got me infuriated, I'm not gonna lie. And I'd have been just as angry if it was a completely flat-chested woman, because it's supposed to be supporting breasts at least. And and sports women who've worked hard, should, you're stealing that job. Somebody who's in sports, who's worked really hard, should be representing that brand, particularly when it's got a function. Six
0: billion dollars wiped off in just a couple of weeks from the value of the company. I mean, that is extraordinary. And yet, within corporations Mm. all over the world, there are still these people. They're not really woke, trust me. They think wokery is the way to commercial success, and these companies are finding out now. Uh, Halifax, unbelievable, Ben. They actually posted a guide, a step-by-step guide to their Mm. customers on how to go elsewhere, how to close down their accounts if they didn't share their woke
1: vote. That's insane. It's total madness. And I think some senior executives are going to probably, they're not too involved in the decision making that happens but they'll see it happening and they'll see the stock plummeting and they'll see them losing customers and profits and they'll turn around. I think they'll learn the hard way. But what I found really funny about this Bud Light thing is they said, oh, the frat boy image is hostile to women. So we're going to have a trans woman instead. I think a lot of women would find that even more hostile or at least as hostile when they're fighting for for example, women's sports to be preserved and, you know, in the things like the bathrooms oh, and so on. How many women
2: could you choose? Young yeah. women who are doing well and successful. There's a litter of people, influencers or whatever, that you could have picked before mm. that.
0: I'll tell you I, I feel Using sorry. It
2: for the commercial.
0: Sure, yeah. I feel sorry for Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, yeah. I, I actually do. She's plunged I into I do. Mm. Uh, she thought she's got 10.5 million followers on Instagram or something. She thought she was going to be a wild success. Mm. Of course, middle America, that's what Bud Beer is all about but it's middle America, it's the Midwest. They don't want to know about trans women. They really don't. It's not her fault, but they rebelled furiously, and that boycott is in danger of killing the company. She didn't need to be in the middle of all that, but she was just... Just almost diametrically the opposite of the kind of person that should
2: promote bug It's almost fear. like they set her up. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, it goes to
1: show that the woke say they're in favour of these people and want to defend them, but then they put them in a the, in the firing line. Yeah. They're sending them out there to get absolutely butchered. And it's just, you know, do you really care about the individuals or do you just care about the cause? Mm. Uh, yeah, and
0: these corporations, they're not already woke. They just right. think there's money in woke. Exactly, really. Well, they're yeah. finding out, there isn't. Uh, go woke and you go broke. Uh, now it is time for this. Well, I've got some fantastic news for you. My Trump Digital Trading Cards are back with a bang. Series 2, the new collection, features incredible artwork of me as a rock star and also as a monster trucker. People love to collect baseball cards, but why settle for that when you can collect the greatest trading card in history? My Trump Digital Trading Cards. We didn't raise the price despite the incredible fast sellout last time. It's so easy to buy, just need an email address and your credit card or crypto. If you want to own a piece of history, go to collecttrumpcards.com. Well, Danielle, I wouldn't actually call those digital (laughs) JPEG cards a piece of history, but, boy, would I like to own them. (laughs) Not. Not.
2: <laughs> you, this is a, a younger generation thing, because my kids are always banging on about these. Can we buy something? Have you seen the start price of, for the most simple thing? So what, is if you bought your specifics? kids'
0: car, these JPEGs of Donald oh, the Trump, extortionate. they'd, they'd like Yeah, them.
2: oh, they would love it. Not, not Donald you Trump, I don't think they'd kids. be. No, they wouldn't I, be interested in him, but it's the actual, the concept, yeah. they sold really well to that, the younger yeah. generation. I just
1: personally think politicians should avoid using the phrase fast sellout, because it's not a great uh, look if you're a politician. Sellout. Do you Talks know where it should be on? Yeah. The back
2: of a that's life magazine. You yeah. know, like those weird it dolls does feel you can buy. A bit odd,
1: doesn't it? <laughs> like the you know, like someone advertising walk-in bars. It's just a bit low rent for the former <laughs> president. There's another
0: thing I think about this is we keep hearing how sort of amazingly wealthy, how fantastically rich yeah. Donald Trump is, that surely they don't make much
1: money. Well, actually, they do. These things actually sell for a huge amount. If you look at some of the, uh, like, the, what they call bored apes, NFTs, those sort of things, some of them went up to hundreds of thousands or millions of pounds. And the way it works, it's like a trading thing. So you buy them cheap and then you trade them and back and forth and it ramps up the price, but it is a bit of a Ponzi scheme. I don't think they have any real, actual, tangible value.
0: I'm surprised that Donald Trump submitted himself to such vulgary. I mean, yeah. he usually is a man of style. <laughs> <bustle,
2: laughs>
0: style and grace.
2: Yeah, Surprise. Well,
1: he's he's got a lot of uh, legal cases to fund, so maybe he's... uh... Uh,
2: Now,
0: listen, what just happened, of course, is very, very good TV, but Mm. now it's time uh, for a little bit of bad TV. (laughs) This is uh, an excellent piece of bad TV. Uh, It's Mr T, I don't even remember the A-team. He's singing a song devoted to his mother. Take it away, Mr T.
2: There is no other like mother, so treat her right. Mother, I always love her, my mother,
0: so treat her right, treat her right. Well, that's a great song. Good rhyming. Mother, like no other. <laughs> but it wouldn't be right to sing a song about motherhood without addressing the difficulty of childbirth. And Mr T did just
2: that. the moon and the miserable groan from the- for the oven with this burning heat, where she stood making sure I had something to eat. Well,
0: that was an all-time classic <laughs> of a song, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, no, what, what better way to finish an amazing show well, than I, Mr T <laughs> <laughs> singing about his mum?
1: I that, loved it I, when, he, when he rhymed mother with lover, but when he rhymed grown with born, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, he
0: yeah, <laughs> stops bothering to rhyme words. <laughs> uh, listen, this has been a great show. Thank you so much to uh, Ben Lockname and Danielle Nichols. We'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with another edition of What Just Happened. What Just Happened?